It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. News team, assemble! Bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. And we're back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. Here it goes. Wait a minute. Yeah, we welcome in the entire crew, Josh, Eddie, Bob, Carrie. We are all here as it is a post-transfer day. We won't even call it a signing day. Call it a post-transfer day as uh, we met with Lincoln Riley, uh, Alex Grinch, and Dennis Simmons, new assistant head coach Dennis Simmons. He can probably thank Texas for that. Uh, and uh, boys, how are we doing today? We'll start with you, Josh. How is uh, life treating you? Uh, life is good. It has settled down a little bit after a lot of weekend chaos. Uh, you know, dogs trying to, to kick the bucket on me. But other than that, man, good. You're trying what to... What did you do yesterday, Josh? Uh, I worked in the yard some. I got to go to the <laughs> gym. Like, it was a weird... I, I really, I did... Like, Monday evening, I was... I, I started thinking, like, okay... Well, I don't know what I'm going to do because we did so much content on si- the you know actual signing day. We 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 got to cop- stop calling it this, like that's just signing day now. Whatever February is, we got to figure out a term for it. But that's not signing day. And so I, I like Monday. I was like, well, I don't know what we're going to do. And I was like, I don't know why I'm trying to make a big thing of this because nothing is happening. Like this is the deadest of any signing day, February or December, I've ever seen. There is literally nothing of interest, although, you know, I, I, I know some were, you know, working on those donor dollars, pushing the uh, Kamar Wheaton storyline. Thank God that's over. That's all I have to say. Yes. I mean, we... I, I don't think you're happy about it. I think I think you don't get to torture me with it about it, and you're kind of upset about that. Maybe a little. There may yeah. be some truth in that statement. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I, am, I am genuinely happy for you that it's finally over. <laughs> and I'm happy that we don't have to have any board meltdowns over that ass. So I actually, I was, I, I had this uh, Alabama fan was uh, DMing me. He's a big, like, Kings of Leon fan, uh, but he's a big Alabama fan and he knows kind of me and, who I know and stuff like that. So he was trying to hit me up about uh, info on the new album that's coming out next month. And uh, I wouldn't tell him anything. Uh, but so we started talking about Alabama uh, and he's a very, he's a very knowledgeable Alabama fan. And he was like, he was like, uh, yeah, I hope you know, it was good that we got Kamar. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really sold on how good he's going to be. I said, I'd, I'd 
hitch my wagon to Jace McClellan. And then he just starts rattling off. He's like, yeah, we got this guy and 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 this guy too. I was like, yeah, that's Alabama. Yeah, they've got like seven running backs <laughs> who were top 50 guys in the country. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, I mean, and Kamar Wheaton, who has shown, you know, sometimes a lack of interest in football, um, is definitely going to go in there and I'm sure win Nick Saban's heart immediately. So that, uh, so it's a choice. It's it's an interesting idea. It'll be it will be very interesting to see how that goes. I am, and this is not sour grapes. This is something I have come to over time. I and I told you guys yesterday. I I would if you told me he gets fifty career college carries at Alabama, I would take the under. I don't think Alabama fans realize how good Bryce Young is either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they realize that most years are not going to be what Najee Harris did last year. Like most years, you're not going to have, you're not, it's not even going to be necessary. That, that's just the way the game is moving. You don't need to have one back that gets 20, 25 carries a seat, like a game. That's just, that's not really the way it's going to work. And I, I think that is a tough reality for running backs to face, but it's, it's coming. I mean, it's becoming the norm. I mean, that's the thing about, like, the running back position, uh, just in general, is, like, you can have some of the school's best running backs in history. Like, we've watched some great running backs in Oklahoma. We've watched Adrian Peterson, DeMarco Murray, Quentin Griffin. Uh, and within those, those are some of the greatest running backs of all time, yet there's still such a difference between Adrian Peterson uh, and everybody else. Or, you know, I mean, Quentin Griffin was great. He's one of the best ever, but he never had an NFL career. I mean, DeMarco Murray was a pro bowler, but he wasn't quite Adrian Peterson. Like, it's the same thing with Alabama. Like, Mark Ingram won a Heisman, but he's clearly not a great running back in the NFL. Like, he's not Derrick Henry. And I think Najee Harris, we've talked about this before. I mean, I think he's going to be great. Of course, you know, Saquon Barkley, uh, we all thought he was going to be great, and he's been good, but he's been hurt. But he's not like an elite NFL running back, you can't say at this point. Of course, the Giants have just been trash since he's been there. So I don't know. The running back is just such a weird position. Yeah. It, if you are a like a middle school like parent and you've got a kid that's really talented, like keep putting him at running back. I'm, I'd be I'd be really trying to be like, do you want to play receiver? Think you can catch a little bit? Like maybe we'll talk about that. Like. It, there's a longer tra there's a longer lifespan there's better contracts like running back is just it's a it's a dying thing and because it touches the ball so much i think guys don't want to pay attention to that but if, if you're thinking long term and i want to make all the money i can make and have all the success i can have play football as long as possible running back is not what you need to be thinking about or you what want to be like tyreek hill yeah be be amazingly fast and be so fast that people don't really care what you can do. They just want you on their team. You know, Billy Bowman is just like him. One of the worst comparisons <laughs> anybody that doesn't know shit about football has ever made. Derailed my train of thought. I was saying that what's weird is because uh, running backs not going high in the draft, they're actually going to really good teams now. Yeah. Like, if, if you fall the 20 to 30 – you're in the you're in almost elite status for like teams playing for a conference championship. So it's kind of weird that the way the game has changed is actually helping running backs get to a better position at the next level. 
Well, I mean, if the Colts weren't going to trade their first-round pick to get Deshaun Watson, I'd be all about having Najee Harris in the backfield. I mean, that, that's guy, that guy's going to make us really good for the next five or six years, and then we're going to find a new running back. Like, it, it that's yep. that's the way this goes. But our first-round draft pick is going to be in Houston, and that's fine. That's fine. Interesting. I'm going to speak it into existence. Yeah. Speak it into existence, exactly. It doesn't sound like they. It sounds like they. They're just more than happy to have a disgruntled quarterback as their quarterback. To me. Well, I mean, just, sure. just hoping that he won't be disgruntled. Like NFL owners are not built to be NBA owners, to where they just let people go. I. And you wonder if that's like a 53 man roster versus a you know was it 15 in the NBA whatever it is like. It, it's harder, like, you, like it's easier to minimalize that guy. Like, oh, he's just one guy in 53. One dude in 15, like, your locker rooms can get poisonous pretty fast. Like that. But, I mean. But if you're an NFL I, team, you can sure as hell choose to take your starting quarterback that you're paying $100 million to and trade him for somebody I, that's questionable. Well, yeah. Like, and I don't understand. What the, like, do they feel like just, you know, get a few more pieces around Deshaun Watson and it's all there. No, you've got to rebuild. So, to me, you trade the guy, you get, I mean, and how easy is it to rebuild when you have a massive quarterback contract? Like, I, I would, I, I would, I, I, but this is me. Like, I am uh, draft picks. Get draft picks. Do the, do the Cowboys, Herschel Walker move, trade, get as much as you possibly can, start all over. Just build the whole thing from scratch. And I realize it's hard to find quarterbacks, but it's becoming easier and easier. This is becoming a quarterback's league where it is a possible thing. And this is not about my own vested interest in them possibly trading him. I'm, it I'm, doesn't seem like you're interested in this at all. No, no. This is not something I've stayed up nights thinking about and pen letters to Janice McNair about. Um, this is <laughs> this is just me talking. Uh, but no, I mean, really, like it, it's just one of those things where, uh, I mean, and again, in my letters to Janice, I have probably said the sentence of, listen, would you rather have a very unhappy Deshaun Watson or a very happy Jacoby Brissett? I, you know, think it out. You know, you can talk about it, you know, talk about it with your ownership. He's going to prey on it in the offices, I guess, is, is their new methodology for things. So, you know, that that's, that's the way to solve it all. So I, I really like where they're going. Okay, before Josh turns this into an Indianapolis Colts podcast, um, <laughs> the Senior Bowl, uh, guys, I, I just thought, you know, it was one, okay, here's my first takeaway is I'm surprised Kellen Mond doesn't suck as bad as I thought Kellen Mond sucked. And it was only a half, but he it was actually the first time I watched Kellen Mond play football and think, I don't get it. Like, why is he the quarterback? Like, I actually kind of saw that he could be a decent quarterback. Now, I don't think he's going to be a, a decent NFL quarterback. He just... He played against other people, and he did well. And it was shocking to me because I'd never seen that before. And then the other thing is, God, the offensive and defensive lines were such a stalemate. It was it was brutal to watch that thing. Oh, you did more than me. I didn't watch that shit. Yeah, same. I, think you're I never watched the game itself. <laughs> yeah, the I, I never watched the game. Yep. But I watched it because Ramondre Stevenson was playing, because Creed Humphrey was playing. Uh, and Ramondre Stevenson really didn't do shit. Um, <laughs> so you didn't really miss anything. I mean, like, there's literally nothing for us to talk about 
about I mean, honestly, the Senior Bowl other cool than the, the practices are really what matters. And sure. I mean, that's where everybody – I mean, and obviously Ramondre Stevens had a very good week of practices. Uh, Trey Brown had a good week of practices. Uh, Trey Norwood had, like, one pass breakup in the game. Uh, but, you know, it didn't get embarrassed anything that I remembered seeing. So, you know, overall, I think you didn't hear a lot about Adrian Ely during the week. Um, but everybody else, you kind of heard bits and pieces that were positive. And I think Creed probably more than anyone uh, had, you know, a lot of positive things come out about him. So I, I think it was good for everyone. And I think, you know, if you question Trey Brown and, you know, leaving for the NFL, like, yeah, I mean, it's time. It's, it's, he, he's, he got, he's getting his chance. Now he, it was surprising to see that he was officially five, nine, but I guess it's not surprising if you think back on it. It's just that we haven't been able to stand next to these guys for a year now. So you kind of forget if somebody's really 5'9 or if they're 5'11. Yeah, yeah. you know, the, I, I think, I, and Kerry, to be honest, I read some good buzz on Adrian Ely. It sounded like he, he, I think not only in um, uh, practices, but I feel like, you know, I, I had read some stuff where maybe he'd had some good Meeting stuff like that had come off pretty well in some of those things. So, and I didn't it, say it, I heard anything bad. I just didn't no, hear no, much yeah. at all. You know, on yeah, him, either yeah. Way. I mean, like I, I wouldn't say like, oh, he jumped around or anything. But I, I think he, I think he kind of built on because everybody I've listened to, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and you know, they had um, uh, Jim Nagy on at one point, and and you know, I actually I would think I was listening to a different body. I think it was Gabe and those guys, but uh, Gabe and Teddy. But we they were talking to Nagy. And he mentioned, you know, Ely having a nice junior year, and I, I think that's correct. Like, it, it was yeah. – um, uh, he really – and I, really toward the end of the year, I thought he came on. I thought he played his best game of his career in that Florida game. So, you know, he he's building momentum at the right time. But I will say, I think you're dead on, Kerry, about Trey Brown. Like, it – you know, we all kind of were like, you know, I don't know about that. But, hey, he's taken the opportunity he's given and had a great week. I mean, I think if anybody – dominated those really those first two days of practice the guy you were hearing the most about from all sorts of nfl guys was trey brown i mean he seemed like he really made a big impression and then you know pro day we'll see how that works out you know whether we can even go to it if it's all done on zoom um there's going to be some type of combine like it, it's it's weird on the combine thing because uh i i saw what trey norwood had thrown out there it was like uh, you know, maybe we'll ask you to come to Indianapolis for some interviews, uh, but it, it it still looks like they're leaving it up to you know the players to have their schools or be at a combine that somebody is hosting. Uh, and we all said Trey Brown, if he runs the forty, it'll be impressive, uh, and that'll do as much to help himself. But for him to go out there and practice well and and look good in one on ones, he's actually put himself ahead of where I thought he might be. So I, think I mean, does Trey Brown really need to go out and put a 40 timeout? I think him being able to show that he can cover guys is probably more important. And he did that at the Super Yeah, but Bowl. you know how it goes, Eddie. You put up a big 40 time and people lose their shit. And that's all True. they talk. I mean, no matter what your career is, if you put up a 4-3, people are like, well, shit, we got you know, to take a chance on that guy. Like, yeah. his film might not I, say I, it, but he ran a 4-3. Like, it always surprises me when people are surprised by fast people that have, you know, basically that's kind of been their thing. 
and then they're surprised that they're fast. It's like, well, yeah, that's that's why people said that. Yeah, but there you got to admit, like when we were out there at that Under Armour thing, and he was running that thing, and you saw him coming down the straightaway, you were like, shit, he's real fast. Like, he's a different kind of fast. Yeah, and that's when I decided that he's 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 very fast. Like I don't need to <laughs> I don't need to see a forty time. And I mean that was just watching him run. But you know it's very very seldom do you just watch a guy run, uh, you know, just a race and go shit. He is fast. And like you didn't yeah. need a timer to tell you. You were just like because I remember I took pictures and there were guys like with their jaws, you know, on the floor, like watching him. Like shit, look at that guy go. It was impressive. Well, I remember who the two guys were alongside with him. Didn't help their college. Was it course. Robert Barnes and... And Broyles. And Broyles, oh, yeah. Well, you, you almost want to be like, send Chris Platt's 40 timeout and then just show the game from <laughs> Baylor in the 2019 yeah. Big 12. Yeah. Like, his, yeah. his low was 4-4-2, and I ran him down from behind. Like, I, it, you don't have to say a lot more than that. But you're right. I mean, like, if you have a trait like Trey Brown has in speed, man, show it every time you can. Like... Trey Brown should come out of the locker room at a dead sprint in Mobile. Like, he should have just been like, look, watch me run. Watch, watch me do this. Like, just because, I mean, it, it's something. It's like Ron Burgundy. You, Everybody come see how fast I am. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, if you have a trait that shines like his, as like, or, you know, if you're six foot seven, like, walk into small rooms as often as you possibly can. Like, just make sure everybody is very, very aware that you have a unique skill that most people don't have. Maybe get someone, maybe like get your agent to position an assistant with like a stack of papers that as he runs by, they just go flying from the wind. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. That would be the that would be a perfect one. Yeah, or like he needs like a tumbleweed near him, like and he just runs past it and it starts rolling down the street. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Uh, he did so well with, with coverage. Now he can spend yeah. this next month, month and a half, perfecting how to run a forty. Because we all know there's a there's an art to yeah. it. That if you're fast but you don't know how to do it, you might be four or five when really you could be like a four or three kid. I, I'll bet he goes. I bet four three six, something like that. And that's money. Compared like that, oh, that's know, huge four, money. Yeah, right. I mean, yep, doesn't feel like a big difference, but it it, it would be. Well, because I mean, he's going to be drafted as one of these nickel guys, and usually the nickel guys, that's their pro they're kind of quick, not so much fast. Trey's plenty quick, and he can run with literally anybody in the league. So it is, he's got a chance to make a lot of money if he goes out and really puts out a big time time. And by the way, it wasn't announced by Riley yesterday when pro day is. I I thought we might get that but that was one thing that wasn't covered yeah i thought you know the most significant thing you know just moving forward is the the timeline of late march uh for the start of spring camp and late april for a spring game which we don't know you know what i would imagine it would be essentially kind of the same as the season uh you know a certain percentage of capacity you know, maybe a little bit more by that time. I don't know. It, it, you know, we'll see how the vaccine rollouts go. Uh, and, and that's the other thing. Like, you know, OU's pushing ticket sales pretty hard for next season. But I haven't even talked to Joe C. to say, do you have a cap on it? Do you just sell as much as you can and then dial back afterward? Um, but, yeah, I mean, there will be a spring game, and I would assume that people will be able to go to it. But it's good to know that... You know they're they're already making plans for that, and of course, 
Uh, you have all these new guys checking in. My God, is it like the new thing? Like, I get so many alerts of players doing Instagram live videos now. Like, that's the new thing now. And they're never worth watching, by the way. <laughs> Dude, and the, the thing I hate the most is they can see me. I'm like, oh, this I know, is creepy. So, I don't uh, want to be here. I don't want to be here. But if you do something that people are going to talk about, I have to be here. Like, I literally just kept going into Ramondre Stevenson's before he announced just to watch people ask him, are you coming back? Are you coming back? Are you? And then he announced, and he immediately did a live just sitting in his car and it was still a bunch of people. Are you going to come back? Are you going to come? Like, they hadn't even heard. They were just, they just went. They were going to convince them otherwise, all right? What I love is when the rare occasion when I get a call, it's, it only happens with recruits because they know, like, Cody Jackson one time was like, what's up, Josh? I'm like, I need to go. Like, this feels <laughs> dirty. I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're big time. Going, uh, going back to the late April spring game. Yeah. That could be recruiting centric because of a contact period starts April fifteenth. Hmm. That would mean you could bring recruits in for the spring game, and that's why you wouldn't move it up to the traditional first or second weekend of April because we'll still be in that dead period. It's just not set in stone yet that at April fifteenth then will become a quiet period where recruits could visit campus again. This is why I love Bob on our staff. He thinks about this kind of stuff. Like, I'm so locked in, like, day-to-day. -day. Like, I'm thinking about Relief Brown tomorrow. I can't even go any farther than that. And Bob's like, this could open up this avenue. And then, like, six months down the road, I'm like, Bob, you're a genius. Like, I love that you're thinking about that. I, I, I don't have the brain capacity to hold those sort of things. Bob doesn't have anything else to do right now. He's, he's you know... He's got, oh yeah, he's got the kid. He's got the dogs, and he's well, basketball. He's got basketball. That's kind of got a top ten basketball. You got a top ten. Well, life. they were top ten. Um, Are we going to talk about this? I, I'm going to go tend to my dogs. I'll, I'll let you guys talk basketball. I'll be back. Go try and kill another one. Okay. Oh, that's mean. Oh, what you did try? Now, to kill I, I, you were worried about Tiffany being upset with you. You know about we talked about last night. She she will hear this and be very unhappy. You're you're going to hear about this. <laughs> our our PA our uh, HR department is going to get a complaint. This is happening. Right. Yeah, she can just call me and complain. <laughs> complain to the HR department about me. That's fine. <laughs> You're employee Carrie Murdoch. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's like when people get mad at Twitter and they're like, "I want to know who to talk to at Sooner Scoop." I was like, "I own it, bitch." Yeah. It, well, I mean, how many times are you going to fire me, Carrie? Is that has that happened yet, or oh, is God. that we're still working on that? Like, it's it's just this like, and it it is. It's the dynamic, the way we've always been. That's fine. Like, you are everyone perceives you as like pure owner, and that's fine. Like, I really don't care about it. But I'm like, guys, he like that's not the way this setup works. Like. Carrie just keeps We're the equal. trains running. Yeah. So yeah, like it's fine. Like that's that's all good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He can't so. fire me and I can't fire him. So we're I mean, we're stuck to each other. We're we're like a really awful marriage. Josh has made it very clear. Uh, I can buy him out for a ridiculous amount of money, and that's absolutely the only way that I can get rid of him. Mm -hmm. Yep. I. <laughs> we all know I'll whore myself out with no <laughs> real problem. Um. But uh, look, I you know spring football, all that. I mean. I think it's going to be nuts when visits can finally happen again because there's going to be all these kids and not just official visits, but you're going to have 
sophomores and freshmen, I mean, people that just want to go visit campuses, like, you, you're almost going to have to hire an additional wing of staff to support all these people that want to come visit college campuses. And maybe that's how Lincoln Riley gets his extra support staff. Like, he can, he can work this into being a, a functional thing going forward. But, yeah, I mean, once this opens, I mean, guys, I'm used to 10, 12 visit people weekend, stuff like that. And I, I mean, and that's not – going to be like, like if junior you include, days every week. Yep. <laughs> and, I mean, and you're talking good junior days. Like you're, you're, every kid in the country is going to be so jacked to be able to get out and take visits that you're just going to have loaded. So I, can you guys even imagine what Alabama's junior days would look like, like in April? It would be uh, like the rivals five stars would just be at Alabama. Like the whole group would just go. It, the, it, the, the COVID testing will be in. Or like how they mm-hmm. handle that is going to be curious yep. to see. Well, you you think they would handle it about like they handle school right now? They take their temperatures when they come in. They have to wear a mat. Like it's I don't know why it's so much different than what seventeen year olds are doing literally in every school across the country right now. I, I don't understand why that's deemed so different. You could you could maybe do something like we say. Look, you can only bring one family member into the facility, but yep. if you want to bring your family on the trip to go tour the campus, that's fine. But we're only sure. going to have so many people in the facility at one time. Of course, you'd want to have mom and dad come in. I mean, And you could do it where you staggered it. Like, okay, we've got offensive guys in here from 1030 to 1130, and they're going to go out in the field, and they're going to go you know, do this, that. We're going to show them some academics. And then we're going to have the defensive guys come. Like, I mean, you can do things to break it up a little bit, which I think are better – Anyway, Lincoln Riley doesn't want to be engaging 40 guys at one time. He wants to have one-on-one time with the, you know, the five, ten guys he's really serious and trying to push for. By the way, if you do want to get rid of Josh, you could also write letters to the Colts on behalf of him to be their uh, head scout. Yes. That would get uh, you out of here as well. I. You know, I talked about my letter-writing campaign to Janice McNair. Every time I send something to Chris Ballard with, like, hearts on it, it just gets returned. I don't understand. <laughs> like, I send a, I have Laney draw me something really pretty at the top, and then I send a letter in pink ink, and nobody ever writes me back. It, it You know, I try not to take it personally, but it stings. They're probably just like, who the f*** writes letters? Send an email, yes. weirdo. I was going to say that. Josh is writing letters? Um, I'm putting my 32 cents towards my U.S. stamp, sir. I, you know, I'm doing my part to, uh, reinvigorate the economy. So I, I'm helping. I stamps cost a lot more than that now. 30? Uh, okay. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> are they way more than that? I, I buy forever stamps. Like, I, the only time I ever buy, I buy forever stamps. Well, that's so I have what they no did. Idea. They jacked up the prices, but then they said your past stamps count now. You don't have to buy, like, the little three cent add-on like you used to. Oh, that would suck. Now who's yeah. the olds? Me. Hey, you know. I yeah. went through it a couple of years, too. That stupid three-cent add-on. So, now that we're completely off the rails, we're talking about stamps. Is Eddie even still here? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think he probably don't. left. No. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Eddie? What's on your mind today? Sleep? Uh, No, nothing really. Just hanging out. Boycotting? Are you boycotting the podcast? No. Okay. I just have nothing to add on stamps. I can't remember the last time that I bought stamps. Here we go. Here we go. We're the olds. 
I don't it. buy. I haven't bought stamps in a long time either. I haven't mail. I had. I mean, last thing I've had to mail was just like checks to people, and it takes me a long time to get around to doing that shit. Josh, yeah, Josh can attest to you. If you ask me to mail something, wait about two months. If I there are a few like, and it's funny you work with somebody for long enough, and Carrie, you and I have been working together for like what about fifteen years, fourteen years, something like that now. You learn, like, there are things I'm like, I'm not asking Carrie to do that. I'm going to do that myself, or I'm going to find some workaround because... Josh loves and same mailing for you. shit. He loves mailing shit. It's, it's ridiculous. I will mail, like, anything, and we had to have the part fixed for the pod. Like, I, I got that out. Like, as soon as I had the stuff, it was out in, like, two days. Like, I will I, I drive don't... my ass to Houston and back rather than to go to the post office. And mail stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should have had you just post, like, UPS on the side of your car. So, uh, okay, you know, let's talk a little bit about Lincoln Riley and, and Alex Grinch yesterday. Bob, you've written a, a couple of uh, note stories already. Uh, Eddie, let's start with you, though. Um, what did you most take away from uh, Lincoln Riley yesterday in his meeting with the media? Mm, you're probably not going to want to hear what I have to say. Well, it sounds very much like I do. Well, well it doesn't sound like we're going to hear anything from you then today. Uh, I mean, I thought it was a waste of time, to be honest. Because no one signed? Yeah, I mean, we already kind of knew everything that was out there. But, I mean, you wanted to hear him talk about the transfers and the portal and how he approached that. and um, Did we, though? I mean, everything that was out there, I didn't think God. that we really learned anything yesterday. All right, Bob, what did you take away? Because you obviously <laughs> wrote two stories. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just interesting to hear his logic about the portal and how it all. But if they would have hit on guys in December, they probably don't go there, right? You know. So I kind of who, who would they who would they not have taken? Who would they not have taken? They would have taken Chandler or Michael Bowens to replace Chandler Morris. They would have taken Wanye Morris. There's no way. I, like, yeah, there's right. no way that that was tit for tat. Keyshawn Lawrence didn't replace anybody, so obviously they would have taken him. I can kind of get there on the Congo kid. Maybe that that's one scholarship heavy, but even he's a senior, so it's not like he's you're not you're not any risk there. Uh, so I, you know, when you think about it, I don't know why they would have taken him. Um, Eric Gray is the only one that I'm like, yeah, okay. If you get Kamar Wheaton, you probably don't take Eric Gray. That's really the only one I can come up with. That's just no doubt, kind of obvious. I think you're just being negative, Eddie. I think that's what's happening here. I th I think that you know it's just um in terms of you know it it just stayed with the plan that they kept, which I think we all agreed was a good one, which is don't go chasing you know, uh, C-list or D-list guys just to get bodies in there. So it looks like you're going to have a, a bigger recruiting class than you did. And they stuck to their guns. They didn't go, like Lincoln said, I mean, that was what was interesting to me. He said, we didn't send out a single NLI today. Mm -hmm. Like there was nothing they were, they didn't send one to Kamar Wheaton. They didn't send one to some plan B guy. Uh, they didn't, you know, give a preferred walk on, go ahead and throw a scholarship his way. Uh, they they didn't do any of that. I thought that was pretty interesting. Like they that just showed you how they felt they were, you know, all across the board. There there were a couple of shots fired by Lincoln. One maybe we'll get into was your your tampering question. You mm -hmm. had some good uh, good ones there, but the 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 other one that I thought stood out was 
who cares about winning signing day? It's about building your roster. And it's like, I don't care that we're not being talked about today like Bama is and like some other schools are. We've built our roster for 2021 and beyond because a lot of these kids that are transferring aren't like fifth-year seniors. They're going to be around a while, and they're going to help us get to that next level that we keep trying to get to. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it's a nice for Lincoln to say, but everybody cares. Alabama cares. You really care if you're being honest about it, Lincoln. Like, you want to have the number one class in the country. You do. And, I mean, when, when he signed three five-star receivers – Everybody celebrated that. That was good for your program. It's good for your program when you have the number one quarterback because you got Mario Williams and you got uh, Jalil Farouk and you got you had Cody Jackson regardless. But uh, it you it, when you sign great players, then other great players follow. That Alabama's proven that. So you know that's kind of like you know it's kind of the new we met our needs to me to say who cares about you know winning signing day you want to make a splash you always i mean as much as that program promotes itself i don't think you care but like december was good for ou i think you just yeah. didn't care that no one was talking about him yesterday because they didn't have anyone in the running for anything yeah but still i mean like that's free advertising why would you not want twitter you know Guys like you and I, Bob, retweeting everything, you know, oh, this kid's down to the last minute and OU gets, you know, I, I don't know, pick your pick your example from yesterday, Taiwan Malone, the, the big D, D lineman from New Jersey. Of course you want to be there when some 2022 kid is watching that and is like, ooh, yeah, that guy's really good. I want to play with him. Like, it's free advertising. Of course you want to be involved in that. There's nothing wrong with that reality. And I think that, well, the, the thing about it is, you know, they, they they did not have a successful second signing period. I mean, that's just a flat truth. They lost out on Kamar Wheaton. They didn't get Tristan Lee. I mean, they did not finish strong in an area where they had a chance to finish strong. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they, the, the they worst... They misread the, the situation yep. often. That That's what it sounds like. Just like Josh. Oh, that that dude needs to be fired. And we come full. He's the worst. Fired. Um, no, yeah, guys. I mean, they're just and people are like, well, how did this happen? And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. If there's some element of you've got to be better to that, I mean, but at the same time, guys, how is how is Oklahoma supposed to really read Tristan Lee like through a Zoom chat? Who who here has done a Zoom chat and is like, you know what? I'm always impressed with how well I get my message across through the grainy screen, and I feel like I really understand where they're coming from and I'm coming from, and it all makes sense. That's not really the world we're living in. Like, so if you can't be in person, there's gonna be things that get lost in con. Uh, like the context gets a little little shaken sometimes. So, I I, I think it's like, again everybody else is dealing with it. So I'm not saying that that's a total excuse, but it is. You understand how these things can happen because. You're just not able to, you know, I, I was talking to a source the other day, like, you can't sit here and have that conversation face-to-face with him or his mom or his head coach or whatever and really feel like you've you've sussed out what is happening. Like, well, I know what the situation is here. You don't have that. And so Oklahoma and everybody else kind of has to deal with that, and you're going to have some misreads. And it wasn't just Oklahoma, guys. This happened all over the place. Uh, it, a lot of schools lost guys they thought they had. 
I'm trying to see the origin of sussed out. It's been a long time since I've heard somebody use that. Well, you're welcome. It's British informal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I... America? Well, I mean, I'm Scottish. Like I mean, soccer. I think it... So, yeah. Let, let's make this clear. That last name is not Irish, people. The, you you want to upset Josh. That's a good way to get started. So that is a Scottish last name, and I say things from the island. You know, that's that's what I'm about. Uh, to inspect or investigate so as to gain more knowledge. Usually used without. That's sussed. I mean, my my nickname could be sus then. I mean, that's just what I'm doing. Although I think that turns into suspect in the new... Uh, the new er, the new vernacular, so then I'm suspect. You know so that that uses, probably works both ways. You know who who else uses sussed out? Morgan Wallen. I'm just saying. Um, I don't know who that is. Really? I knew Josh wouldn't know. <laughs> you guys, you guys were talking. Uh, let's not get into that. But if, I, I saw his name and I was like, I don't know, or her. I don't know it's who it, that is. Him. <laughs> okay. He does have okay. long hair. Yeah, that's that's not gonna be up my alley. I don't know anything about that person. Oh, but God, that is some hair now. Uh, it takes mm. a lot to get canceled by every single radio station and country music television platform, like overnight. So wow, I mean, easy gate by dropping an N bomb. Yeah. Uh, Oh, oh. Yeah, it's well, hey, I'm feeling pretty good about myself at the moment then. <laughs> Screw that guy. It, it's It's been a while since somebody's been able to cancel someone. I mean, it was there was a lot of built-up cancel energy in the universe. Yeah, I think this For him, too, from the Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah, he had the I, Saturday Night Live. We, he was partying after an Alabama game on, on Campus Corner. And, God, you saw the post-celebration after they won it. Yeah, I don't fault him for that at all. But he, he he couldn't go on Saturday Night Live. That was probably a pretty good move on his part because he wasn't he had to quarantine, so his record company wasn't too happy with him. Well, they dropped his ass yesterday, so they're not working yeah. with him anymore. <laughs> hey, want to remind you guys, uh, it's Valentine's Day coming up. Um, if uh, you want to get something for uh, someone you know, or uh, maybe uh, the wife is looking for. Uh, a gift, you, maybe, what do you want for Valentine's Day? Tell her you want Dead Soxy, because right now Dead Soxy has a Valentine's Day special going on. Uh, you get uh, $25. If you spend $25, you get free shipping, uh, and there's varying tier. You can get up to $35 off an order of $120. You can get $15 off an order of $60. But here's the same. Th- here's the great deal. You have the Valentine's Day special going on, and you, a Sooner Scoop listener, can also add your Sooner Scoop discount on top of the Valentine's Day discounts. Uh, if you use the promo code BOOMER, you get an additional 30% off your order just using that code. Uh, so, Valentine's Day special, dead socks, great socks. Eddie and I both love them, wear them, uh, and uh, all kinds of different styles. Uh, you know them. You've some of a lot of you guys out there have got them. You love them. Uh, just go to deadsoxy d e a d s o x y dot com uh, and enter that code Boomer to get an additional thirty percent off the already low prices from their Valentine's Day special. Uh, Eddie, do you have someone in mind for Valentine's Day? 
No, I have myself, and that's the best part because if you're a single guy, you could get all your socks that you need for the rest of the summer on one day just by going to deadsoxy.com. I mean, I know that there's guys out there that could go do this for themselves in the name of Valentine's Day. Self-care is what you're saying. There you go. Exactly. Exert your self-care on yourself using Dead Soxy for Valentine's Day. And remember, guys, stay Soxy. Uh, okay, I guess we should talk about uh, Buki because uh, I'm, I'm not really Bukied out. I was just, I fought with fans, you know, one in particular. And it's just one of those things. It's like, I'm trying to be more reasonable with people, like, you know, trying to figure out, you know, why certain people are, you know, so anti-mask and others. Like, I'm trying not to just let it drive me crazy. But it's still like on, I, it's, it's this kind of like angry dude syndrome where you can't talk about Buki without someone just coming at you. Um, like, I was just talking about this morning on the radio and some dude hit me up on Twitter. He added me at Twitter. He's like, you sound like you're about to cry because of Buki's leaving. Like, why is that necessary? Like, we've all shit on Buki as a player. Somebody reminded me of that. Like, you guys crap on him on the pod all the time. Yes, we do, because we crap on him as a player. But, like... I think it's because there's, like, this built-up... There was this idea that he was going to come in and become some kind of Jim Thorpe winner, and then as it turned out that... You know, the first couple of years, they were awful defensively. And it's like it you can justify being mean to somebody about it because they didn't meet your expectations almost. And because he's so out there. Like, I mean, he's a very visible figure. Yeah, he's got the hair, uh, the sledgehammer, which we talked a lot about. Uh, but, you know, <clears throat> and he gets into well, fights and gets penalties. And then he had the one play, you know, against LSU that was just awful. And uh, then everything else from that point, he had, like, Greg McElroy going after him on a broadcast against TCU, and then they call the penalty on TCU, but then he had the OSU thing. But those are... And then the Iowa State game. Like, those are... But the Iowa State thing was simply a guy that's five foot eight going against a guy that's six foot six in a jump ball in the end zone, which, you know... It, you got to ask yourself, why is that even happening schematically? Like, I, I can't really fault Buki for that game. And he, and he did have, I looked this up because I got in a fight with Carson Cunningham on Twitter, uh, which I'm fine. I don't have any beef with Carson. Um, we were just fighting on Twitter. Uh, I mean, he did get a personal foul in that game, but it ended up with Iowa State punting the ball away like two plays later. I mean, he didn't, he, 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 the LSU game, and they were already getting their asses kicked. That game was over. It was definitely over after he got kicked out. They were never going to win that game. So it's not like they he were, cost them. They were going to win the game, but it was 21 to what? Seven? Yes. Get off the field there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was just a, it was a, it was one of the dumbest penalties I've ever seen of a player. It really was. But to act like he he didn't make some plays, that he wasn't a good player most of the time, that's, 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 the, that's not right. I mean... There were some good things about Buki as a player. Uh, did they get better when Trey Norwood took over the nickel? Yes, they did. And he did take over. So he's leaving. Just let him leave. Why do you have to continue to go after the guy? Like, that to me is like, that's some personal bullshit. 
You've made it personal. Like he, what he, he, he harmed you. He made your life miserable. No, I think your life was already miserable before you started adding him on Twitter, Dick. Because you you could say the same thing about Charleston Rambo. Like he didn't meet the expectations as a player, but when he hit the portal, there was none of this, you know, venom being spewed. Yeah. I mean, it feels like the same situation. I mean, there was some venom, like on our boards, people. Like, especially in game threads, when he was on the field, there was a lot of venom his way, but it kind of ended there. Like, people just didn't want him on the field over other guys. And Buki was the same way. And eventually, he's leaving, but now for some reason, people still go after Buki and still have to get their, you know, extract their pound of flesh for whatever reason. But they didn't do that to Rambo. Maybe they did, and I just don't notice it as much. I that's where I'm at. Like I'm not one that thinks Buki like was all was always unfairly. I mean, I don't know how I want to say this. I don't think he was unfairly criticized for his play, but there is such a venom that almost is personal, and I, that's the part I don't understand. Like I, I I don't think he was a particularly good player. I said I thought the you know I said during one of our pods this year that the whole leadership conversation that people kept trying to have, and Grinch included, everybody included, I never understood it. I couldn't understand what they were talking about when he consistently made boneheaded mistakes. That's not le- that's not what a leader yeah. does to me. But at the same time, it went beyond that. It wasn't just, oh, he's not good at football. It was like, we hate this guy. And I, why? Like I, I mean, I'm even like, like you go back to like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Guy, like compared to some of the guys in the years past, like Kerry, you mentioned on Twitter, Tom Wart. Tom Wart became the reason for all bad things at one point in time, but it never felt like it went to that level. Like it never went to I hate him on a ba- like just a human level. I don't like him. You and with it, Buki, it it felt that way. I mean, somebody, Josh, I had to take a call from his dad because somebody told him that he should commit suicide after the Cincinnati game. Yeah, I remember that. I'm, you know, and it, his dad at times would get unhappy with me. Like, I mean, I, I remember all of that. Um, when I ran into Tom last summer, I was like, oh, God, are we going to, is this going to be okay? It's the first time I'd really seen him since he was playing. And Tom was great. Oh, Tom was totally awesome, fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was all good. But it was just one of those things where you're like, ah, you know, I, I mean, they there was. I mean, and there were some criticism. And I think some of it with, for Wart was fair. But at the same time, like I said, with Buki, I think it's the the criticism of him as a player. I think is valid, but it just it became more than that. It was something else altogether. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, I mean, Tom Wart. Remember, he left early, and he got to go to the combine, but you knew he wasn't going to get drafted, and you were just like, that was kind of one of the first guys you, that you started seeing players leaving even though they weren't going to be drafted or drafted high just because they wanted to get out of college and go give it a chance. Yep. And I, I don't know if some of that was because of the way that the fans treated him. Um, but, I mean, we know Brent Venables had been upset about, you know, things that were being said about him. And I don't, you know... I. I'm not trying to, you know, go on a rant against fans because fans are going to be fans. I mean, they're going to cheer you. They're going to boo when you don't play well. Uh, 
if you don't play well continually, like let's say if you have a career like Justin Broyles has had, uh, you know, fans turned against him, fans turned against Chance Sylvie, uh, and they just weren't good enough. And they just have to, you have to realize that if you're going to play at a place like Oklahoma, you just don't like it when it seems to be more than that. And and with Buki, it seems to be more than that. And I could see, you know, if people, if I don't know how often people DM him or add him or whatever, but for people to be that brazen, you, you know, just to contact a kid directly and tag him and say mean shit, like, that's just... That's over the line. That's ridiculous. If he's leaving and that's what you want, like, wouldn't it be like, hey, man, you know, like, why would you have any venom? You're getting what you wanted. Yeah. Like, why would you be hostile about that? On the flip side of all that is is just the I, – I was basically a little surprised when the news broke on Tuesday. I, I kind of thought that we had moved on from that right. rumor that was out there mid-December. And I think I think Lincoln Riley was surprised by it. And the fact that he left it open to say, I hope he comes back, was almost like he was trying. Because, you know, you can just go to compliance. You don't have to talk to the coaches. Like, that's part no, it, of the... It very much felt like that was a situation that Lincoln was almost, I don't know if bombarded would be the right word, but I don't think that they had talked. Yeah. I, I think that they probably talked after it came out that he was in the portal. Uh, and I don't, I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, it was, that was the one thing that was most surprising is Lincoln said, I hope he comes back. I hope he reconsiders. I hope he, you know, and we've and, seen that a bunch. I mean, you follow the rival transfer portal, Twitter account. So many kids would draw their name every single day. Yeah. So it's not like that's out of the realm of something that couldn't happen. Guys. Is there, like, there's a part of me that thinks, and I don't want to, addition by subtraction is such a cliche, but there's a part of me that thinks, like Kerry was talking earlier, like, it's not Buki's fault that the way the scheme plays, he's having to guard Charlie Kolar one-on-one in a jump ball situation. Like, that's not on Buki. Like, and I'm not saying, oh, he's got to fix everything. That That's just the way it goes, and the way that defense is designed is not to have a 5-8 nickelback. That's not the ideal for what they're wanting to do there. But at the same time, you also get that every coach on the planet loves a player he's comfortable with, knows what he's getting, knows his, you know, like, I whatever the guy's faults are, I know what his faults are. I know what his problems are. And as a coach, that makes you feel comfortable. I'm, I mean, we, we've got ample evidence to say that's the case. Do you feel like if a guy, you know, if he was to go and he, you know, goes wherever he might go, do you feel like after some maybe some initial bumps in the road, Oh, you might be better for it because it's going to force them to play someone who does better fit their ideal of what they want to be, and they're 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 forced to go through the growing pains. Yeah, does that Jeremiah make sense? What I'm Cordell saying? Should, yeah, like Cordell should definitely be someone who this this should make him better. This like we should find out who this this player really is. Is he someone that's going to make a difference, or is he just someone that's going to be there for for depth? Yeah, I mean it's hard to say. I mean they just have to get better, be better, and you know I don't. Is Key Lawrence going to be a guy that makes them better instantly? I think maybe so, but you still need to build some depth in your safety position. I mean that's the main thing. I mean you got youth in Bryce and Washington who didn't get to play that much this year. Um, 
and you basically you got two guys back there still coming back with experience. So nickel and in safety, I mean, those are two 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 positions that really, if you look at all the positions on defense, has the least amount of depth, the least amount of quality depth. I guess that's kind of where it gets fun, though, because they have recruited well or decently enough at the, at those positions to be able to, like, let, let's see what you guys got. Which yeah, makes me think get... that Billy Bowman, you know, if they could fit him in into a, a nickel situation, they'd love to do that. I feel like, uh, you know, and you guys, I, I haven't had a chance to listen to all of that from yesterday. I'd love to hear your takes on where all that came out with the Bowman stuff because I feel like Oklahoma wants Billy Bowman to be happy, and they're going to give him a legit shot at receiver if that's what makes him happy. But I feel like if you could put a true serum in, in the majority of that staff, they're like his best futures on the, on the defensive side. Like he could make an early impact for us as a defender. Well, what what uh, Grinch said because I actually transcribed that question. What what Grinch said about Bo, about uh, Bowman is he only talks to him as if he's playing defense. He doesn't care that he wants <laughs> to play both ways. He's like, as I was recruiting you, I talked to you like your defense, and now you're here. I'm still you're. I'm talking to you as if you're a defensive player. Simmons was a little more dip, uh, diplomatic about it. I thought. Yeah, but you could tell both of them want him to play on their side of the ball. Like, I mean, pl- coaches just want the best players. And it's probably, you know, having Lincoln as your head coach, your offensive coordinator, you wonder how much he he's going to help Alex Grinch win that battle. There's a big, uh, there's a big uh, announcement coming on Friday. And then, oh, by the way, uh, Big Cat Bryant still uh, has not made a, a decision. Still lingering. Still out there. Um, Josh, I know I, you haven't said that anything has changed from what you've heard and what you've you know, kind of put out on the board and everything so far, but have you heard any updates on when this might go down? No. What I was told is it's still going through admissions. Like that sounds like it sounds like they're that far down the road. Like okay. this isn't a deal where, you know, oh, something's changed. I it feels like what he's hoping is this is gonna come off and then Get it, you know, like he'll announce it once he's admitted or whatever. That that's right. my which, which general feel. Yeah, yeah, which yep. is different than what we usually see. Normally, a kid announces his commitment, and then you wait a week or so till they're enrolled. And it seems like he's waiting for be official, official, and then he'll come out with it. Which I mean, Bob, you know, if you look at the the people search, you know, as, as we do when guys are trying to enroll, kind of like what Eric Gray did. I mean, Eric Gray was almost in there yep. instantaneously. So I, I think maybe he went through the same process, and so that's what maybe Brian is doing here. But like I said, I've not heard anything had changed. I I think everyone thought he was going to announce last weekend, maybe Saturday or Sunday, and then it just didn't happen. And I think it really he just kind of said, "Okay, let's not." I, I think maybe with the Tennessee thing, he was like, "Let me just get this done, and then I'll come back to the announcement." You know, I, I you know. He's a senior in college. Like he may not feel the same way about that stuff as, you know, the the high school, you know, the the freshman or sophomore in college that still are reliving the high school days when they get to make the big announcement and have a, you know, I, have we seen any videos? Have there been any video announcements yet on the transfer portal? I'm trying to think uh, of only, one. The only one that I could think of was uh, Tate Martell making the video to announce. <laughs> <the transfer portal. laughs> 
God. To, to Josh's point. He had a behind-the-scenes video? Announced. I'm sorry, Bob, I missed that. What'd you say? Uh, to Josh's point, Congo didn't even announce. He still hasn't announced. We just know that he's at OU. He's enrolled. Lincoln's talking about him. He never said anything in a public setting. Well, because I had messaged him about a week before, it, you know, like before he showed up in OU's uh, enroll as enrolled, and I messaged him. He never got back to me. And then the day the news broke, I kind of hit him back up. I was like, "Hey, man, you know, heard that this went through, whatever." And he's like, "Hey, man, really sorry. Just didn't want to do anything until all the, you know, the letters were crossed and eyes were dotted and all that stuff." And I was like, "Okay, fine." Um, so I mean, it's just. A lot of guys just don't see it that way. And you would totally get it with Congo because he was a guy that came out of IMG, you know, watching all of his buddies sign, you know, do all these big ceremonies. And he had to walk on at Texas A&M. So, I mean, like, it's just you you even get it if he was like, no, I'm going to have my moment here. But he just didn't do it that way. Well, he can replace Dane Saltarelli as former walk-on from IMG. You got it. How... How pissed are you as a parent if you send your kid down to IMG? Like, even if it's even if IMG's covering you, because a lot of those kids pay their way to IMG. So, how pissed are you if your kid goes to IMG? You pretty much don't see him for a couple years of high school, and then you're like, wait, we're we're still paying for college? Like, I thought that was the whole idea of IMG is we were going to go get a scholarship out of this deal. I I got one now. I I think now where is he now? Western Kentucky. Oh man, they scholarship. They, I mean, even before, uh, was it uh, who did the big portal article? Was it uh, Bill Connolly or was it uh, Ross? It was Ross, Ross Dellinger. Dellinger. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, Bill Connolly was just tweeting about it. But like you saw that Western Kentucky, and that was kind of what I was asking Lincoln about yesterday because you know Western Kentucky. Uh, like you would see their recruiting director's name on every list from every kid. Like you could tell they were talking to all these kids before they were in, in the portal. Like it just looked like clear tampering. Uh, and you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying any of these other teams are doing it. But you know, SMU is into the transfer portal. Uh, Texas State's been really into it. I think that's the thing you're going to watch for some of these, you know, Florida, the FAUs, the South Florida's, like who's really going to start taking advantage of the portal in Florida? Uh, who's going to do it in California? Because this has become the new tactic for, for a lot of schools. And I mean, it, and I, it Texas really... State, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I don't think Texas State signed a 2021 high school recruit. I thought I saw that yesterday. Wow. That they're going all transfer portal. That is what, Would that even be on Oklahoma's radar, though, just as far as being threatening? I mean, is it threatening? <laughs> no, yeah. Like, they even, yeah. Why the f*** should they even worry about something like that? I just think you, you, always, worry, you always worry about somebody, uh, you know, putting something in there. And maybe they're not so worried about them tampering directly with the players, but... Maybe with the people that train them when they go home, you know, if they put something in their ear and they're and they tell them they're unhappy and they say, well, you know, I've talked to these schools and they say, if you know, you, you, you look at a transfer, they'll take you without question. Like, it's just, I think it's one of those things you worry that they just kind of wear kids down when, you know, it's, they're already just kind of going through maybe some homesickness and frustrations of not getting as much playing time as they want or being down on the depth chart. 
Like it's it's basically just preying on kids uh, that you know going through the normal stuff that they would normally just work their way through and be fine and end up starting and having the career they wanted to, but reaching them during that time when they're kind of vulnerable to uh, you know making decisions that aren't always the best for them. Wow, and I mean, if if that's the case, then it's it's going to get even worse when. The NIL stuff is passed. Yeah, well, I mean, I I would think if the NIL stuff gets passed and you're, you know, I, I don't know that that'll affect it because we're, we're not talking about the same type of person. Like, the NILs are going to be for the really good players. Like, they're not going to be for the third team safety. I mean, they're sure, not going to make any could, money. You could go to whoever, the starter at, Oklahoma or Texas or whatever, if you're Texas State, say you get a good deal with a good booster and they could give somebody more money than maybe an OU or like, I don't know. Yeah. I got to think though, once COVID is done, all this, you know, transfer madness is going to slow down. Like the NCAA is going to have to go back to saying, you know, you have to get a waiver if you're going to transfer. But it's going to go nuts because people are going to transfer because of COVID because they didn't get to visit campus. Yep. I think you'll see a lot yeah, of guys in this, true. this 2021 class could two <laughs> years from now look terrible. very different than what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to transfer by any means, but I mean, it's stunning to hear Lincoln Riley say that the first time he ever met Nathan Rollins Kabonga was last week when he got to campus. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But it's because he's from Oregon and, you know, I don't I, think he would actually go to Oregon right now. I would assume the same was true of Mario Williams. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I gonna, I, I was gonna ask. Curious. You didn't say that. I was gonna yeah. ask Dennis Simmons about that yesterday, just about like was that kind of one guy that you you always kind of worried about because you know he's out there kind of on an island and you can't visit him, he can't visit you. Uh, but then Barry Trammell asked about black coaches. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm reading the room. I'm not going to ask any more questions. <laughs> You can't ask about recruiting no, after someone talks about, you know, well, blackhead isn't it Barry? I think say isn't it Barry's responsibility to be like, hey, Mike, can I can I go late? No, no, here? he was he was I he was going to be yeah he went he really late. And oh, okay, okay. I, I just said, Got look, it. if there's time for any more questions, I have one more. And so he was throwing me a bone. I was like, ah, oh, no, no, I, no, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm out. I'm out. Good here. Uh, yeah, but good on you for reading the room there, Carrie. That's, uh, you know, all we need is sooner. Cause I'm not com, stupid. You know. That's, you know, no. that's step number one. Don't be stupid. And that's not, Bob will attest to this. Eddie can too. A lot of people can't say that on zoom calls. Yeah, that's fact. Yep. Um, well. okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit of recruiting, uh, big, uh, announcement coming on Friday. I know Josh is super fired up because he loves Friday evening commitment announcements uh, on the West Coast, especially. Um, you know, not not so much. You know, for anybody that didn't pick up on your sarcasm, it's not my favorite thing. Uh, looking at like a six thirty, seven o'clock, which you know, for a, a guy on a Friday with two kids, I mean, what better do I have to do? Um, so really, really excited about that, but. Yeah, I, I t hey, before, you know, I get in trouble by doing something Carrie doesn't like, Relique Brown, 
Uh, oh, possible five-star. Yeah, possible five-star <laughs> all-purpose back from, uh, well, I almost said Stockton, California, but from Santa Ana, uh, modern day, the, the mega power, uh, one of the two there in the Los Angeles area um, that is a guy that is – now that I've said Los Angeles area, I'm like, somebody's going to message me. It's outside of the greater Los Angeles area. God bless it. It's it's in Orange County. Fine. Whatever. Why don't you suss um, that out, all right? Uh, yeah. Like, I, there's nothing funnier than talking, like, high school areas and, like, trying to generalize it to someone that, you know, that is, doesn't go to Los Angeles very often and is like, oh, yeah, okay, it's in L.A. Like, okay, I, I, I don't know where Santa Ana is, but, hey, it's somewhere near Los Angeles. And then hearing somebody that's, like, local that's like, hey, man, that's not what we call it around here. Dude, I'm not from there. I don't know what you call it, and I don't care. I'm just trying to give out people a general idea. 97% of people listening to this podcast don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, sorry. Got a little little sidetrack wow, there. Yeah. Yeah, a little anger built up. Um, anyway, but yeah, this is a guy, you know, and to be fair, you guys, not every day we do a podcast and we're talking about a recruit that everybody else in this pod has seen except for me. I'm the only one in this podcast that hasn't seen Actually, him Actually, no, that's not, I, that's I not true because Bob had I to learn how him. to breastfeed that weekend. Wow. So, so class. Our, uh, our two recruiting guys uh, missed that. But, yeah, hey, you know, we got that going for us. Uh, Soonerscoop.com. So, anyway. Um, we got Brock but no. Vandegrift throw, throwing it to him countless number of times. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting how many people got interested in recruiting that day and covering it and putting out on Twitter. It was it was suddenly everybody was into big-time recruits watching Vandegrift and Brown throw to each other. Um, well, but, anyway. And then there was, what's his name, the other quarterback that was there. Ty, uh, Ty Simpson. Simpson, yes. yeah, who's, who's yeah. sounds like he's about to announce probably to Clemson from what I'm hearing. But anyway, um, he is a uh, a guy that, you know, everybody kind of is like, well, is he a running back? Is he a receiver? I think Oklahoma sees him as something they've never had before. I, I see him kind of like a, like a Marquise Brown that they can that they can give five or six carries a game to. You know, like they can do a lot of unique stuff with him. And... Would you like say I said, I, that he compares to someone like maybe a Tyreek Hill, maybe a little bit more than Billy Bowman does? Uh, yes. I think that's a very apt comparison because he is very explosive with his speed, is strictly an offensive player, and is going to play running back or receiver. And, you know, again, has elite speed. <laughs> um, you know, kind of like we're talking about with Trey Brown. When you have a overriding trait, it should be obvious to anyone that, you know, follows the sport even a little bit. Um, so yeah, really Brown's a big time guy. Um, really could, if it goes the way we all expect it will. And I've talked to people kind of on the, you know, Southern California side of things. I've talked to people around Norman. It all sounds very confident that there's not a lot of, Oh, last second angst here. I, it feels like this is going to go OU's way. Now, I think there is some conversation with the people around him. I think his family likes the Oklahoma idea. I think there's some other people around him that kind of would rather see him pack 12, maybe USC, that kind of thing. So we'll have to see. I, I, this is certainly not one that I'm going to say the race is run. But at the same thing, same time, I said the same thing about Mario Williams last year, and Mario Williams never really gave me any concern. I mean, there was never any big rumor that you thought, okay, this is imminent, something's going wrong here. So – We'll see what happens, but I mean, you, you add Did him. We learn nothing from Tyson Ford. I mean, when you know you start talking about mamas, uh, you know, you, you, you don't you got you. I'm PTSD in a little bit here. 
Don't don't fight this, the mamas. This relationship. This is summer twenty nineteen. I mean, Brown yeah. knows what he needs to know. Look, he I yeah. can't see it. He the last second change. I don't know that I've ever seen someone fall in love with OU like he did after he came to camp here. Mm-hmm. He just, I mean, constantly tweeted about Oklahoma. And and you saw other players kind of jump on him and stuff. Uh, you know, kind of they it was almost like they were including him in this class. Um it, and it was, you know, I, I just I've rarely seen someone and I, that's the only analogy I have for it, just fall in love that hard with a school like he did with OU. And then and, when Murray took oh, over, like nothing slowed down. You're worried when DeMarco came. Yeah. Was like, okay, is he going to connect with Relique or are they going to fall off? And and that never happened. That is my only concern. And okay, you know, it's like it's still, even though it's, there's always going to be those schools on the West Coast that are going to try to make a run. It just always felt see, like I kind of felt in the driver's seat. like the same way with Mario Williams. Like he just fell hard for OU too, and he stuck it out. Yep. It- and the th- the thing you know that was that was interesting to me, it felt like when everybody started to think like, oh, Relique Brown might really be going to Oklahoma. It seemed like that was when Relique Brown started like, oh, well, what about Alabama? What like you started hearing rumors <laughs> like almost trying to make it interesting, you know. Yeah. But you know, I I never heard from anyone that I thought was like really reputable that like, oh yeah, Al- Alabama's for real here now. There's lots of time. Things can change. But it was always, from the people I talked to, it was always Oklahoma. So we'll, we'll see We'll see where it goes. But I, like I said, I, I really I think, guys, you talk about a start of a skill group in your 2022 class. Luther Burden, Relique Brown, Talon Shetron, and Jordan Hudson, who I think Jesus. is a little bit underrated. That is a – that's ridiculous. Now, you get those guys to go find your quarterback – and then you go get those guys to find you a running back or two because people are going to ask, and I guess I should clarify, I still think OU will take two running backs aside from Relique Brown. I think that's what they'd like to do. I think they'd like to have Javante Barnes from uh, Las Vegas, and they'd like to have uh, Gavin Sawchuck from Colorado. So if they could get those two guys, I mean, and like I said, right now I've got a forecast in for Gavin Sawchuck to Oklahoma, so I clearly think that's a possibility, though, Alabama is a real contender in his recruitment, so we'll have to see. That hasn't, obviously, OU and Alabama and running backs. Is, I get if OU fans are a little scared of that reality right now. But um, but OU is a very real contender for him, and I've talked to Javante Barnes. I actually need to put together, like, we've talked off and on for like a week, and I need to actually put it into like an interview and in like a story form instead of just a bunch of random notes. Um, but uh, he, OU's very big on him. So, like I said, I it... It's got a chance to be a really special skill class for Oklahoma. Uh, real quick, Bob, you've got to get off to uh, a, a Long Kruger a Zoom call. Uh, are you still with us, or did you bolt? I'm still getting set up at the very moment. Okay, uh, just real quick, uh, let's talk about OU hoops before you get out of here. And I know when I say real quick, I'm saying real quick. Um, but obviously... No one could envision that you know they'd make the run that they made through with Kansas and Texas and uh, Alabama, and then they f- come up short against Texas Tech, still missing Austin Reeves. Uh, you saw Oklahoma State last night lose uh, a, a really rough one to TCU, and they got s- Oklahoma State now swept by TCU, which is just bizarro world. 
Um, but two games left against uh, OSU. You still got Baylor. Um, and I, this team is is four seed. I mean, is that the goal here? Move, you know, heading into the tournament. I think it's a it's possible for sure. They get a little break. It feels like they can, and, and that will be. I'm curious to see how they respond Saturday because it's the first time in a while where you just expect them to go out and dominate. Iowa State is terrible, yeah. especially when they're on the road. This is the game where you're up by 20 at halftime and you're just sort of chilling, and we'll see. If they've got that type of killer instinct, they've got that ability to do just that. And Austin Reeves should be back. We'll get Kruger to confirm here in the next five, ten minutes. But Austin Reeves should return for this one with the goal of Alondis Williams returning Wednesday when Baylor comes to town. You would think that this group would handle it like the group that we think that they are as far as guys that have played a lot of basketball, a veterans-type group that would certainly go out and handle Iowa State. They're terrible. Yeah, and the thing is about with with this team, even if their shots aren't falling, they bring their defense every yeah. single game, yeah. and that's why that's why Monday at Tech was so interesting. Like their shots weren't falling, but it's not like it meant they didn't do all the other things well. And if that, you weren't a, a Tech fan, Gibson. If you weren't a Tech fan or an OU fan, you wanted nothing to do with watching that game because that was probably pretty boring to watch. I mean, there was just no. I mean, there was just no offense. I mean, they did a great job on Mac McClung. I mean, his only points came from the free throw line. Uh, but they, yeah, I mean, they were they were fantastic defensively. They just didn't have enough. They didn't have that that guy Harkless wasn't hitting. Um, they were Manic, even though he played better. They just they just didn't find that guy. Harmon wasn't the guy for him. So. Yeah, and when they were down 50 to 40, you thought it was over. And then it came, you yeah, know, like they did 50 find some to 47. Right there. Yeah. Hard, it's like they just kept coming. And, and that's the, hall, the, the, the hallmark of this team right now is just that attitude that I think it really those transfers have brought. Harkless and Gibson, who knew? Like, you, you know, you know, talk about football going through the portal. Basketball, of course, has been using this for like the last four or five years. And you just don't know what you're going to get. You know, saw it with like Miles Reynolds. Like sometimes you have all the enthusiasm, but maybe you lack a l- little bit of the skill. This seems like the perfect combo where you're getting the the right character off the court and the best possible player on the court. And this is by far, in my opinion, the way this is how OU wants to work the transfer portal when it comes to hoops. All right, Bob, we'll let you get go to uh, lawn zoom basketball zoom and uh, more to come from Bob there. And of course, uh, appreciate you, pal. That's All right, guys. See you. I never say that. Appreciate you, pal. That was weird. Buddy. Go get him, Chief. Other weird things coming up. Uh, okay, so uh, we, we're hitting on Malik Brown. Uh, Malik Brown. Uh, we had, uh, I wanted to get Bob in there real quick. Uh, anything else, just recruiting-wise? I, I mean, Bear Alexander in Georgia, that was kind of... I, I guess you kind of saw that coming toward the end. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean he he took a he took a random trip to Georgia, who you know uh, hasn't been seen a lot of other campuses, but rolled out to Georgia. It's, it's like I said, it's amazing the guys that don't take a lot of trips always seem to find a way to make a trip to Georgia. I don't know how that works, but that seems to happen a lot. Zach Evans was a very good example of that as well. Um, 
So I don't know what to make of that. Pissed at anybody. I mean, I, if, if he's taking shots at anybody, it's Georgia. Georgia is a problem in OU's world. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, and guys, you know, everybody loves to talk like bag on Texas and I get it as no you fans why you would. I don't think there's a program in the country in the last 15, 20 years that has done less with more talent. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they, they're recruiting almost on par with Alabama and they have nothing to show for it. Yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre place. And then, and then it's like, the other thing is they keep getting quarterbacks. Like, what quarterback in their right mind watches George is like, yeah, that's a quarterback factory. I need to go there. Uh, it It's one of those things that, guys, you know, like we talk all the time, and I get as fans are like, well, you guys tell us all the time, you know, OU needs to have NFL production before they can recruit this guy or that guy. And then they're like, well, what's Georgia doing? Like, re- really, Jake Fromm sold Brock Vandegrift and everybody they, else on the idea? Yeah, they they up Justin Fields like that's you're you're doing more harm than good to quarterbacks and you're they're still picking Georgia it makes no fucking sense uh, well the last two guys that they got though they're from Georgia yeah that's true I mean it's not like they're going out and just pulling these national kids in that's true I mean but they got Jacob Eason you're I mean now I know that's not really current regime but I mean like they keep doing this stuff. I mean, Matt Stafford was from Dallas. And I now, to be fair, I will say, in those time frames, Georgia actually had some decent quarterback play. It's just, like, did Jake Fromm get any better from freshman year to senior or to his junior year when he left he early? His arm, yeah, I, his arm fell off. I mean, he couldn't throw a deep ball to save his life. I mean, you know, I... I I'm not sure that he got worse. I think maybe Kerry had an elevated opinion of him, but you know, either way, he didn't him. get better. I, did. I know you did. I know you did. And I'm, I know this is a hard conversation to have. Um, but I mean, I saw him in person in the Rose Bowl, and I didn't think like, oh, weak arm. When I watched his last year, even on television, I was like, God damn, what happened to his arm? Guys, speaking of interesting, something that has happened here during the podcast, Connor Wigman, the guy that I thought was. Probably Oklahoma's most likely uh, quarterback signee from their current list of offers committed to Texas A&M. Wow. So OU is now going to have to uh, – speaking of a staff that – Yeah, that's I don't becoming really, a problem for OU. Yeah, well, coming a problem for OU as well as does it really matter what's happening on the field? I mean, you watched Kellen Mond and Spencer Rattler and thought, I'd like to be like Kellen Mond. Yeah. Um, but – you know, whatever. The, the baseball side of that come in, Josh. I, as far as I know, he could be the top player in the state of Texas. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and that's the thing. There's a possibility Connor Wegman never plays college football. I mean, he is apparently a very, very good baseball player. And I know um, he had a really good relationship with OU staff. You know, a, a, as a baseball guy as well. So that that clearly has a role in this. There's no doubt about it. Um, and again, I mean, he is from Cypress, Texas. He is. 45 minutes from College Station, maybe an hour at, at most. Um, so, you know, there it's not just, you know, like, oh, all things are equal here. So, I mean, it, it does matter a little bit. But you're you're dead on, Kerry. A&M is becoming a problem for Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like 
Oklahoma has got to be like, can we just get to the Alabama game and Alabama just humiliates A&M again and everybody can kind of get back to some normalcy? It's crazy. I mean, I it, it's, it's just like trying to put two and two together, it doesn't make sense. There's something fishy. There's just there's something really fishy. When it when it, it looks fishy and it smells fishy, it's usually fishy. Uh, you know, I mean, Jimbo was really recruiting well those last few years at Florida State, so it makes total sense he'd show up in Texas where he has no real roots and <laughs> just, just suddenly take dominating. off. Yep, yep, <laughs> makes all the sense in the world. No, I mean, now there are some things. I mean, Texas being down and having all their problems, and, you know, uh, this year especially, LSU not being, you know, even – reasonably competitive i mean that that kind of hurt them but yeah there's there's some things that don't add up about that whole situation but which you know i don't want to be that guy because i mean i think we have all seen um we've all seen people point fingers at ou because anytime anybody wins they're like oh they're cheating but the problem is texas a&m isn't winning at the level that would justify getting those players in there like it's just so bizarre. Well, and you usually and you have to build Georgia's to it. You can say Georgia's not either. I mean, Georgia went yep. to the playoffs. I mean, what, three years ago? Yeah. It hasn't been back since. And they haven't even... Have they even played in the SEC championship since then? It was LSU and... Yeah, they well, they, yeah, they played LSU and just got pounded oh, yeah, by just Burrow. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Because so, why? Because they had no damn offense. Yeah, it was awful. All right. Uh, anything else that you want to hit on before we get out of here? Um. Or Eddie? No, I don't think so. You've been so full of hot takes today. Huh? You've been so full of hot takes today. I just want to make sure I'm you got them all out. out. Yeah. I have no hot takes. I think, say, Eddie, do you want me to just start sending you some, you know, really old hot takes? I mean, like things that, that fire me and my two children up. We, we could, and you could just read them. I think that'd be great. Really riveting radio. No, I think I'm good. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this edition. Um, I'm just trying to rack my brain, make sure there wasn't anything big that we missed. Uh, I don't think that there was, but there probably was. Anyway, uh, we'll be back again next week for another edition. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Remember, uh, that Dead Soxy promo going on right now, uh, you get your Valentine's Day uh, discount, and you get to add your Sooner Scoop discount on top of the sale. So use that promo code BOOMER. Uh, along with the Valentine's uh, discount and get really good savings right now on some new socks from deadsoxy.com. So thanks for listening. We'll see you guys back again next week on another edition of the Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.